Welcome back to another episode of The Jacob Johnston Show. So a headline caught my attention, and as such, I decided that I needed to read this. And the headline from The Blaze is Horowitz and the state with the most lenient gun laws is California. So hearing California has the most lenient gun laws, I had to read. I was opening this up thinking that it was just going to be satire here. And it turned out it made some very good points. And no, I'm not advocating, hey, we need gun control and gun control is leniency. No, 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 no. That's not where this is going. This is about the inconsistency of the left, the mixed messaging. And the article reads, California is aiming to adopt the most lenient gun laws in the nation. You see, leftists hate guns, but they hate incarceration even more. It's become clear that nearly every violent crime violates firearm laws and is often caught by police illegally possessing firearms as a felon or even assaulting people with a firearm. Dropping the hammer on all these people and locking them up would prevent most violent crimes in the country, but it would also add to those dreaded incarceration numbers, which is why leftists are now trying to do to firearm charges what they did to drugs de facto decriminalization. Many southern and mountain states now allow constitutional carry, whereby non-felons don't have to get permits to carry firearms. But in California and other blue areas, you could get caught assaulting someone with a gun and get parole instead of jail time. Or you could violate your parole with felony possession and not get punished. Talk about gun rights, it reads. Thus, the same people trying to ban firearms and put up roadblocks for people with no criminal records who go through the legal system are trying to do everything in their power to ensure that violent felons can keep their guns and even commit crimes with guns and not face consequences. The same people who want to red flag gun owners they deem suspicious without due process want to overlook gun crimes with the ultimate red flag those who commit violence with firearms. As such, the only successful deterrent on guns is applied to those who need them for protection against the gun felons. Coddled by California Democrats, so much for criminal justice reform being solely about nonviolent low-level offenses. Okay, so let's go ahead and take a look at what's really going on here. The Democrats want to ban guns, and the best way to get about people accepting gun bans and the unconstitutional violation of our Second Amendment rights is to get people to be scared. And the best way to get people to be scared is talk about violence, gun violence. Oh, gun violence are coming for you. It's rampant. But how do they go off and they create rampant gun violence? Oh, I know. We'll decriminalize felons. We'll decriminalize felons engaged in violent gun crimes. You know, and then we could say that we're lowering crime, I guess, because we're not incarcerating people. Or you're saying, hey, we're prosecuting more people, but we're not thinking they need to be incarcerated after prosecution. So what they're doing here is they are protecting violent gun felons from prosecution, saying that if you create a violent gun crime or if you're engaged in a felony gun crime, you won't be incarcerated. You won't be punished. You may get a little bit of parole, but if you violate that parole, don't worry, there's no consequences to it. And so without consequences, violent felons are going to go off and engage in more gun crimes. And then that's going to increase a skyrocketing gun crimes. 
that they will then be able to use as justification for violating the Second Amendment and taking away your rights. Meanwhile, while they are doing everything that they can to release violent criminals from jail and saying, hey, there's no consequences if you engage in violent crimes, even with a gun, they are simultaneously trying to put up roadblocks to prevent the law-abiding citizen from being able to get guns. It's They're disarming you at the same time that they are putting you in danger. You understand how crazy the Democrats are? They're only targeting the legal gun owners, the gun owners who don't commit crimes. They're the only ones being punished. And then you wonder why gun sales are skyrocketing through the roof. Okay, so you released violent criminals from prison, tell them that there's no consequences for their crimes. Meanwhile, at least during the COVID lockdowns, you're saying, hey, the police were not going to be out there to protect you from all the criminals released. So that is one of the contributing factors to why gun sales are skyrocketing, because people realize that they need to be able to protect themselves because the government is actually actively putting them in danger. But okay, so you're going, how is this meaning it's lenient? Well, let's say they decide that they're not going to allow you to buy a gun. You know, they put up so many roadblocks that you can't get a gun. Well, just get it illegally. And you're going, you're advocating for breaking the law? Well, take a look at this. Basically, they are making violent gun crimes and illegal gun possession no more than, say, a traffic ticket. All right. At that point, what does it matter? What does it matter, legally or illegally, if it's really nothing more than a traffic ticket? And no matter how much ticket you get, you're not going to go to jail for it. In that case, it doesn't matter. So they have the most lenient gun laws in the country. You can't buy it legally. But if you get it illegally, there's no consequences to it. Wow. The Democrats, they don't understand their hypocrisy. They can't govern because they're insane. They're irrational. They don't make sense in any way, shape, or form. Okay, moving on. Democrat corruption and abuse of power knows no bounds. And one of the things that we know is that the Democrats have spent years and years trying to get a look at President Trump's tax returns. It never ends with the left. He dared to challenge the status quo. He dared to challenge the establishment of both parties to challenge the power brokers and dared to think that his job as president was to work for the benefit of the average citizen to unrig the system and generate prosperity. And they can't have that. So as you know, the Democrats have spent years and years trying to find something on President Trump, and they have failed every step of the way. They failed with the bogus Mueller probe where they made up a bunch of accusations so that they can engage in a witch hunt, hoping to find a crime. See, with the Democrats, instead of going by what the our legal system is, which is you find a crime and then you try to investigate to find the people involved, the Democrats are involved in, let's investigate people we don't like and hope we find a crime. And so they tried with the Mueller probe. It failed. Then they tried with impeachment and they turned out that they had nothing with which to impeach them on. They had no evidence, no witnesses, nothing. That didn't mean that they weren't going to impeach them. Of course, they voted to impeach them twice, even though they had absolutely nothing to justify impeachment. And now that Trump is out of office and we know the truth behind the 2020 election. But now that Trump is out of office, they are going off and they're still trying to go after him. And they're going after him endlessly. You got prosecutors in New York 
who ran, who campaigned on, we're going to prosecute Trump, not we're going to prosecute crimes. See, they made it very clear that they were going to go off and prosecute Trump. Whether or not he committed a crime doesn't matter. They're going to prosecute him. Well, now we see that the Congress, the Democrats on Capitol Hill, are finally going to get a hold of Trump's tax returns that they have been clamoring for. And we know what this is about. The Democrats are hoping, with Trump's taxes being as big and as massive as they are because of all of his businesses, they are hoping to find a crime. They're engaged in a witch hunt here. They're hoping that they'll be able to go through his tax returns and find a small error. You know, just some sort of small technical error. They'll, they'll settle for... Uh, his signature missing a letter, you know, like his signature is unreadable. So he didn't really sign it. I mean, they'll go as far as that. So they're finally getting a hold of his tax returns. And this should worry everybody how they're going about this. So from CNBC, Biden's DOJ, Trump tax return can be released to Congress. The income tax returns, it goes on to read, of former president Donald Trump must be released by the IRS to Congress, the Department of Justice said Friday. The DOJ's Office of Legal Counsel said in an opinion that the House Ways and Means Committee had made a request with a legitimate legislative purpose to see Trump's tax returns by saying the committee is assessing how the IRS audits president's tax returns. You see, they basically just lied about their intentions. They made a request they lied about the purpose and intention of their request. And now they're saying, well, you know, you, you have, you know, a legitimate purpose, legislative purpose for wanting to see this uh, President Trump's specific tax returns, not Trump, Biden's and Obama's and all of that. No, no, no. They narrowed it specifically to Trump. And then they say, well, it's a legitimate legislative purpose to see how the IRS audits president's tax returns, even though we're narrowing it to just the one president. Now, the statute at issue here is unambiguous. Upon written request of the chairman of one of the three congressional tax committees, the secretary shall furnish the requested tax information to the committee, the opinion said. The decision comes more than a year after the U.S. Supreme Court said that Trump's tax returns and other official records had to be turned over by his longtime accountant and Manhattan to Manhattan's district attorney because of a subpoena issued as part of a criminal probe of Trump's organizations, a criminal probe that has no basis. You see, they just make up a bunch of fake accusations and then they go, well, because we have a criminal probe into the fake allegations that we just made up, we are subpoenaing the tax record so that we hopefully could try and find a crime to justify the prosecution. And they're going off and abusing their power on Capitol Hill to just lie as far as why it is they want to see the tax returns so that they can get the tax returns. This is scary. This is scary what they are doing because they're not focused on a crime. They're focused on a very specific person. And they're going to try to investigate his entire life, hoping to find even the smallest crime that they could try and prosecute. Now, here's the thing. Do you think Trump actually does his own taxes? No, he doesn't. He hires a bunch of people to do his taxes for him. And then he trusts because they are licensed, certified, has a good reputation. 
that they're going to do the taxes honestly and accurately. When he gets the tax returns, he's assuming that the people did their job because that's what they're paid to do. And then he signs it for submission. He probably does a little bit of review, but he probably doesn't do it all, which if you have your tax returns prepared by somebody else, it turns out, I believe, that that other person has to sign that tax return as well, indicating that they're the ones that prepared it. They're the ones that did it and therefore has some legal responsibility. So even if they were to find something, it is unclear to me at least because I'm not a tax expert by any means. But it's unclear to me whether that would be President Trump who would be at fault and responsible or the person he hired to do the taxes for him. I mean, as long as Trump gave him all the accurate and full information, access to all the books and his company kept accurate accounting records, I don't think there's anything that they would be able to go after Trump. Well, I hired this person. You know, it's not my fault they made a mistake. I trusted they did the right thing. And that's assuming that there was anything to find. But how much do you want to bet here that after Trump's tax returns are turned over to Congress, it's going to be leaked? We know that it's going to be leaked to the media and that they're going to try and find a way in order to try and use it to go after Trump. Heck, we saw it before, didn't we, with Rachel Maddow, who (laughs) hyped up how she had Trump's tax returns. And then she went through the tax returns and it was a complete embarrassment to Rachel Maddow because it showed that after claiming for years that Trump didn't pay taxes, you know, stemming from the campaign, that he didn't pay any taxes because of, you know, some accounting, you know, deal and losses from many, many years ago, that he didn't pay any taxes. It turned out that in the report on Trump's tax returns, it showed that he actually did pay taxes, a lot of taxes, millions upon millions of dollars in taxes. It also showed that President Trump gave more money away, a higher percentage of his money away to charity than any of the Democrats. So he was engaged in higher levels of charitable giving, and he paid millions of dollars. It basically debunked most of their narratives. Now, lying to be able to get access to tax returns, to go on a fishing expedition, that is corruption and abuse of power. Now, if they leak it on top of that, whoever leaks it should end up facing legal consequences for felony leak of tax returns. Okay. And at the same time, as they're trying to go off and investigate Trump's tax returns, desperately hoping to find something in order to prosecute, we also have Democrats trying to prevent Trump from getting his tax refund. Okay. So Democratic prosecutors sued to prevent Trump from receiving $1 million tax return owed to him. The article reads, a Chicago prosecutor has filed a lawsuit to prevent former President Trump from receiving a $1 million tax return that the Illinois Property Tax Appeal Board recently ruled is rightly owed to Trump. The Illinois Property Tax Appeal Board ruled in a 5-0 vote in June that Trump is owed a $1.03 million tax refund on the 2011 tax filing for hotel and retail space inside the Trump International Hotel and Tower, which is located in downtown Chicago. The board determined that Cook County Board of Review overestimated the value of the building's hotel rooms and retail space. In response, Cook County State Attorney Kimberly Fox, a Democrat, filed a lawsuit with the Illinois Appellate Court 
on July 9th. To prevent Trump from receiving the money, the state regulators say he is rightly owed. Fox reportedly wants to block the refund because the money used to pay Trump would come out of property taxes due to the city of Chicago and eight other government agencies, including Chicago Public Schools, which stands to lose the biggest chunk of money, about $540,000. Okay, so here's the details. They overassessed the value of Trump's properties in Chicago. He overpaid his taxes by $1 million. They've already acknowledged that he overpaid his taxes and that he's due a refund. But the Democrats, being crazy as they are, are saying, well, you overpaid. We overbilled you. We've acknowledged that we overbilled you and that this money is rightfully yours. We just don't want to pay it. We don't want to give you back the money that is rightfully yours that we even acknowledge is rightfully yours because we don't want to give you your money back. We want to keep it. Even though you overpaid, we want to keep it. And that to give you the refund you're rightfully owed, to give you the refund based off of what you overpaid because we overbilled you, oh no, that would take money out of so much in the state, out of so many agencies in Chicago and local government and state government. It would take out too much money to give you back your money that we overbilled you for. So we don't want to give it back. And, you know, if we were to give you your money back, it's going to hurt the schools. But it's not the money of Chicago. That money doesn't belong to Chicago. The money doesn't belong to the state. They overbilled them. They acknowledged it. But now they still want to act like it's their money. They don't want to give it back. Be why? Because it's Trump. They don't want to give Trump his money back. They think that Trump owes them money, even though he doesn't legally owe them money, even though legally he's overpaid them. They still don't want to give it back to him because it's Trump. So on the one hand, you got Democrats lying to get a hold of Trump's tax return in order to go on a fishing expedition in hopes of getting a crime. And on the other hand, you got a situation where Trump has overpaid taxes and the Democrats are trying to illegally, in violation of the law, prevent him from getting his legally owed tax return. It's amazing, you know, on both sides. You know, they're hoping he didn't pay enough, but if he did and he overpaid on taxes, they don't want to give him his money back. The Democrats are crazy. They're insane. They're, they're using Trump basically as a target to send a message to all other Republicans. You know, because Trump had gone through and challenged the established quo, he challenged the establishment of both political parties, and now the Democrats are on a rampage. They're not going to stop until they bankrupt and put him in jail. It doesn't matter that he didn't do anything wrong, that everything he does is legal. That doesn't matter. They're still going to target him. But you see how this is, how because it's Trump, they think that they can withhold his money without any justification and without any cause, and that they still feel like they are entitled to his money, even though legally they're not. Unbelievable. And now McCarthy is starting to make headlines. You know, McCarthy, who is set up and billed as the next person in line to become Speaker of the House, that after the 2022 midterms when Republicans retake the House and retake the Senate, that McCarthy will be the Speaker of the House. And so he's making some headlines out there trying to build up the case as to why we should vote for Republicans, even though the Republicans, by and large, undermined President Trump while he was in office by supporting the Mueller probe and not doing anything to hold Democrats accountable for their crimes or anything. 
Well, he's trying to go out there and give you a reason in order to vote for the Republicans, who by and large have done very little. And so from OAN, Representative McCarthy, give me speaker gavel and we'll investigate powerful Democrats. Okay, so Republican House leader Kevin McCarthy has promised to investigate Democrats for fraud and abuse if given the speaker's gravel after the midterms. In an interview with Breitbart on Saturday, the California Republicans said Americans are suffering from inflation while House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden's son Hunter seem to be making money however they want. With American, uh, excuse me, which American would not be worried about inflation? Pelosi wouldn't be worried about it because her and her husband just made $5 million, not buying stocks, but trading options on tech stocks when Congress was actually taking legislation up $5 million in one month, said McCarthy. He pointed out recent financial disclosures showed Pelosi's husband used call options on Google's parent company, Alphabet Inc., just before antitrust legislation came down the pipe. He also brought up Hunter Biden selling his paintings for $550,000 apiece and said he should be investigated by Republicans. Okay, so the pitch here is if you vote Republicans and they get the speakership, they get control of the legislative branch again, they're going to go off and they're going to investigate the Democrats, which if you're going to investigate Democrats for their crimes, which is so numerous because the Democrat Party has basically become a criminal operation, that's going to be a full-time legislative agenda. I mean, going through and investigating all the way back to the legal spying operation on Trump using knowingly false information and lying to the spying, uh, excuse me, lying to the FISA courts with documents they altered in order to get a warrant to the uh, fraud of the Mueller probe and the fraudulent uh, report that they put out to Democrats targeting Trump baselessly, hoping to find a crime to prosecute. Now, he's talking about how he's going to go off and investigate the Democrats and catch them out on their crimes, which, yes, is something that I support. But here's the caveat. Are you actually going to do anything about it? Let's say you go off, you do the investigations, you find the criminal activity. You find the smoking gun. What's going to happen? Oh, you're just going to refer it to the DOJ. Okay, you refer it to the DOJ. Then what? You think Biden is going to prosecute anything? especially crimes committed by his own son, crimes in which Joe Biden himself is likely involved in? And do you think Merrick Garland, as the attorney general, is going to do anything? No, because Merrick Garland is engaged in abuse of power, who politicizing the DOJ to protect Democrats and make it a crime for Republicans to challenge Democrats. So on the one hand, yes, I agree. You need to investigate the Democrats and uncover the crime. On the other hand, I have no faith that anything's going to come of it. Why? Because of history. When was the last time the Democrats were ever held accountable for any of the criminal activities that they have engaged in? Sure, we get hearings. Sure, we get great sound bites. But consequences? Actual prosecution for their crimes? The reason why the Democrats have been able to get away with being a criminal organization is because the Republicans have let them. The Republicans have let them off the hook. The Republicans have decided that, hey, you know what? We may feign outrage, but we're not actually going to do anything about any of the criminal activity. 
And as such, the Democrats getting away with this level of crime decides to always up the ante and see how many crimes and how much criminal activity they can get away with. So if you're going to make this promise, McCarthy, that if given the speakership, you're going to go off and investigate all the crimes of the Democrats, you better also be willing to put into place prosecution for those crimes. Heck, you know, if you got super majorities, and let's hope you do get super majorities, pass legislation appointing special counsels, special prosecutors to go after the Democrats, charge them and prosecute them. Because if this is another situation where you uncover a whole bunch of crimes and then your action is only to refer it to the Department of Justice, which does absolutely nothing to go after Democrats breaking the law while targeting Republicans on a witch hunt with no basis, what's the, the, uh, what, what would be the point? Yes, we know that they d- committed crimes, and then you're going to tell us they're going to get away with it. So you better be willing to have a plan in place to prosecute them for their crimes. And also, if you're going to hold hearings, don't allow them to just run the clock out, refusing to answer questions. You know, no, 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 I'm just going to do an end run. I'm going to filibuster the question. And when the clock runs out, I get to move on to the next person to ask a question. And in the end, we never answered anything. And if they lie to you under oath, that better be prosecuted. And if the Department of Justice won't prosecute it, you better submit impeachment proceedings against Merrick Garland. You're, if you're going to go down this road and this is going to be your main pitch, you better be willing to go after it aggressively, including threatening impeachment if the crimes you uncover are not prosecuted, including having a, a means by which you can force them to actually answer the questions instead of filibustering it. And definitely, if they commit perjury during these test, during these hearings, that they get prosecuted for that. And then if the DOJ won't prosecute them for perjury, impeach Garland. You better be willing to go all the way on this or don't bother doing it at all. Meanwhile, while that's going on, the Department of Justice is suing Texas over Governor Abbott's order to restrict illegal alien amid pandemic. And the article reads from NTD News, the Department of Justice filed a lawsuit on Friday against the state of Texas and Governor Greg Abbott over an executive order he issued to limit the ground transportation of illegal aliens. Abbott, a Republican, said the executive order issued Wednesday is intended to reduce the risk of COVID-19 exposure in Texas communities amid an increase in the CCP's virus infections in the Lone Star State, including among illegal aliens. The Department of Justice on Friday filed its complaint with the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Texas in El Paso. No state may obstruct the federal government in the discharge of its constitutional responsibilities, the department said in its complaint. The executive order violates the supremacy clause and an injury, oh, and causes injury, sorry. You know, recording so much in the morning, there are times when I fight fatigue. All right and causes injuries to the government. Ooh. So they're going off and they're trying to say that Texas, their executive order is unconstitutional, violates the supremacy clause, and prevents the government from discharging its constitutional responsibilities, to which we all say bullcrap. Bullcrap. Because your constitutional responsibilities is to uphold the law, 
not aid and abed people violating the law. And see, here's the thing. You know, the Democrats want to go off there and are still trying to fear monger on COVID, trying to say it's so horrible. We need to start thinking about lockdowns again, mask mandates and all of that. But it's not so horrible that we need to shut down the border, enforce immigration laws and stop COVID infected people from coming into the country. Because what the Democrats are doing is they're bringing illegal immigrants into the country and then they are relocating them to Republican states. Now, a lot of them are infected with COVID-19, which is causing a spike in COVID cases. And since they're being relocated to Republican states, it's causing that spike in Republican states. And then the media uses that to attack Republicans for, oh, you opened up too early. You opened up too soon. You didn't follow the science. And now you're seeing a surge in your state when really it's just importing COVID infected into the state from across the border. But we also know that the Democrats, they plan to pass amnesty. So they want to relocate all of these illegal immigrants. They want to bring them over the border illegally, drop them off in Republican states, and then pass amnesty and hope that that flips the state blue as part of their long-term plan to hold on and maintain power to get around you. The voters won't vote for you. The level of fraud you engage in is attracting too much attention. Replace the voters. How dare you think of anything rational such as, hey, maybe how about you develop policies people would support? So in any event, the Department of Justice is trying to go off and cite the supremacy clause of the United States, of the U.S. federal constitution. Well, the supremacy clause has a caveat, doesn't it? That the supremacy clause must actually be something that's within the authority of the federal government. And I don't see anywhere in the constitution where it says, The government can just ignore the laws that it passed, you know, that when a new administration comes into office, if they don't like the laws that are on the books, they can just violate the laws. Or, hey, you're supposed to protect the country from invasion, and instead you're helping them, or you're helping the invaders. And the supremacy clause, they try to say, means that the federal government has unlimited authority over the states. But the states have authority, too, if you take a look at the Constitution. And when the federal government is ignoring its constitutional responsibilities and violating the laws, the states have the ability to enforce the laws. And so if the federal government is allowing people to come over the border illegally and then helping to transport them throughout the country to where they want to relocate these people who came here illegally, Texas does have the right and the authority to enforce the laws and say, hey, If you're transporting people that are in the country illegally, we're going to stop that. Now, it would be one thing if the federal government was going off and deporting these people and actually trying to enforce immigration laws. But when the federal government is engaged in actions that is directly putting lives in danger, that are directly putting the citizens of Texas at risk, then it is, of course, the state's responsibility to step up and stop that. So the Democrats, they always try to claim the supremacy clause of the Constitution means that they get to do anything. No. If you read the Constitution, the supremacy clause only applies in situations in which you are acting within the bounds of the Constitution and within your authority under the Constitution, not you violating the Constitution. And so this is just another situation in which the Democrats are trying to set up and make, the, of course, their false arguments that we know are false arguments in order to justify them engaged in illegal actions and behaviors. 
because how dare you try and stop their voter replacement plans? Okay, one last thing here, and this is very scary here. So, you know, the Democrats are always about experts and follow the science, and yet they don't do it. They don't do it themselves. If an expert comes out or a scientist comes out and it turns out that they debunk the left's narrative, are are their studies and reports go off there and call the Democrats out as liars? Well, the Democrats then engage in cancel culture. They get the person fired. They get them tossed out of the scientific community and so forth, and then go off and claim that of those who remain, who push the Democrats' narrative out of fear of having their careers destroyed, the science is on the side of the Democrats. No, it's not. You're fired. Okay. Anybody else want to challenge me? No? All right. The science is on our side. You must follow the science. And so now we're seeing the, da- the real dangers of this going forward here in the terms of medical professionals. So from the blaze, med school professors denying biological sex to avoid being canceled for, quote, transphobia. And it goes on to read, some medical school professors are reportedly denying biological sex during lectures to avoid being called transphobic and become targets of campus cancel culture mobs. Okay. I mean, the, the article goes on. The outlet c- cites, you know, the College Fix Report, uh, cites a report uh, from podcast host and reporter Katie Herzog, who featured her report titled Med Schools Are Now Denying Biological Sex on Common Sense with Barry Weiss. Now, they, noticed, they noted that the hypersensitivity is undermining medical training, and many of those students are likely not even aware that their education is being informed by ideology. So here it is. We now got cancel culture mob going out there and telling doctors that if you teach actual biology and basic facts, such as boys are boys, girls are girls, and no matter what you do, you can't change it. It's determined at the moment of conception that if you teach actual medical facts, you will be canceled. Your career will be destroyed. Now, I don't know about you, but this really sets up a scary situation in my mind. I mean, think about this. You may be needing some type of medical procedure done. Maybe you need a heart surgery or something else. Who knows? You go to a doctor, they look at you, and they can't tell what your gender is just by looking at you. Are you really going to trust them with open heart surgery? Huh? Think about that for a moment. They can't tell that if you have a penis, you're a boy. If you have a vagina, you're a girl at the moment of conception. And they can't figure that out. And yet you're supposed to trust them with open heart surgery or all other types of surgery. No, 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 no. If a doctor is so stupid that they can't figure out the difference between a boy and a girl, they are not going anywhere near me for any medical procedures because they are an idiot. They have absolutely no idea how they would be able to go through and get any type of medical license or degree being so unbelievably stupid as to not understand biology and gender, to be so stupid that they actually go in and believe in transgenderism, how they would get a medical degree is beyond me. But this really goes off to highlight the big problem that we are having in this culture, which is the cancel culture mob, the left going off and putting people in fear, making them too afraid to stand up for scientific truth, for biological facts, you know, making them too afraid, forcing them to bend 
all data, facts, science to the will of the left in order to avoid their careers being destroyed. It's not about the truth. It's about the political ideology of the left. And you either support that or you're going to be destroyed. Your career is going to be destroyed. Facts be damned. And that's what is being set up in the future. And so, you know what? We Republicans, we conservatives, we need to step up and start putting a lot of pressure on these communities, you know, uh, on the education system, professors, teachers, so on and so forth. We need to put a lot of pressure on them as well as so-called scientists that says, hey, you will not bastardize your profession. You either support the facts or you have no business being a college professor. And, you know, I go off and I think, you know, if I were to ever run for public office, right, one of the things that I would want to do is pass legislation, one, to protect teachers and scientists from being able to be fired for political reasons, for not bending their data, not bastardizing their profession to fit the narratives of the left. But also, those who do should be fired and receive no government funding whatsoever. You either engage in factual data and truth if you're a professor, a teacher, or a scientist, or you have no business being in that profession. Because if you're bending everything to the narrative of the left, the desires of the left, and you are flat out lying and using your status as a scientist or an educator in order to lie, you are a disgrace to that profession. Now, of course, that's not the only thing that is going on when it comes to doctors and medicines. A biracial doctor claims she was demoted for opposing hospital critical race theory inspired segregated care plan. A biracial doctor in Minneapolis is claiming that she was demoted by her employer for opposing its critical race theory-inspired racially segregated care initiative, which resulted in assigning only black staff to treat black patients. Dr. Tara Gastillo, a Harvard-educated doctor and mother of three black children, filed a discrimination complaint with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission last month against Hennepin Healthcare System where she previously served as a chair of the OBGYN department. <clears throat> okay, so here's what's going on. After George Floyd incident, they decided, you know what? <clears throat> We're going to segregate care. That if you're black, only black doctors and black staff will be part of your treatment. If you're white, only white doctors and white staff. If you're Hispanic, only Hispanic doctors and Hispanic staff. You see, they're going off and they're using critical race theory and trying to claim the, the anti-racism or whatever. You know, they're always trying to claim some noble motive, you know, diversity and inclusion. But their diversity and inclusion is them re bringing back and re-engaging in segregation. You understand that? They're bringing back the Jim Crow era laws of segregation and just giving it a new marketing plan. Your healthcare is now going to be based off of your skin color. And they say that this is a good thing. This is diversity and inclusion. So good job, Democrats. You have completely gone back to the Jim Crow era laws, the back to the days when you were proudly part of the KKK, where you were proudly supporting the KKK Democrats. You have gone back to those exact laws, those exact rules, and you just gave it a new marketing plan. And your new marketing plan is that's anti-racism now. Unbelievable.
just completely disgusting. And how they get away with this is beyond me. All right, so that's it uh, for this episode. I'd like to thank you so much for listening in. Don't forget to leave me a rating and review if you haven't done so already. And if this is your first time listening, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you never miss another episode. Thank you so much, and I will be back again soon.